The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he, was, since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all his property, in payment of the debt. At that the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go, and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, the master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. longer I engage with the scriptures and especially the preaching on the scriptures, the more I appreciate Peter. St. Peter, whose questions and often hasty responses continue to be a, a treasure trove for us as Catholics. So many of the things that Jesus responds that are powerful statements of faith come in response to Peter's questions, to Peter's actions. And we have it again today. And part of this is the recognition that Peter shows us that, we want to, that when we want to know the truth, we go to Christ. We can easily seek other people's opinions. Certainly Peter, Peter had probably spoken with the other disciples. How many times do you think we should give? Huh? Three, four, five, six, seven, seven, maybe seven, really. Seven? That's a lot. Huh. But he goes to Christ. Lord... What's the truth? What's the final answer that I need to know that will in fact give me an an understanding of the path to eternal life? He always goes to Christ. And the number seven that Peter offers doesn't seem to be something just out of the blue. There's a reality that in the Jewish culture, there was a number limiting how often one ought to forgive one's brother or sister. The number was three. Three times you were called to forgive. 
This understanding comes from the prophet Amos. And the prophet Amos, the Lord speaks through Amos. And he has uh, basically, he's holding something against a number of the cities um, in, the, in, the, in the area of Israel. And the common refrain is, for three offenses and for four, these things happened. For three offenses and for four, it would continue. And it would say what the particular community had done. You've, you've worshipped idols, you've fallen away from God, you've done this, you've done that. For three offenses and for four. So three offenses was, was already a lot. Four was the last straw. Anything beyond four was too much. So God could forgive four times, according to Amos. And none of us are God, so we can only forgive three. And so the Jewish understanding was three times. If someone sinned against you in a grave manner, three times you were to forgive them. After that, it was on them. You are free to go. You have nothing more to forgive. You can hold it against them if you wish. And this is where Peter comes in with the number seven, it seems. That he knows that the Lord is rich in mercy. And he speaks about mercy continuously. And so Peter comes and he says, I'm supposed, to, commit, I'm supposed to, to forgive only three times. Lord, you clearly are a generous man. I know I, I think I should follow your example. I'll, go, I'll double the number we're supposed to have. And then just as a, shot, as a sign of extra mercy, we'll add one more on top. A little cherry on top there to show just how generous I am. Seven times we should forgive, right, Jesus? Seven times, not just three. We should go above and beyond. To which our Lord responds, Oh, Peter, <laughs> not seven, 77. Or as one of the other Gospels puts it, 70 times seven, 490. You can imagine the, the shock on Peter's face when he, thinking he is being over and above generous with seven times of forgiveness, the Lord puts it far beyond what he would have even expected. It's too generous. It's too much. But this is the mercy of God. It's too generous. It's too much. After this following of the 77 times which Peter is to forgive his brother, Christ then gives us the parable of the master and the servants. It shows us a whole variety of things. But one of the things it shows us first and foremost is what we heard also in our first reading today, which our Lord echoes all throughout his preaching and his teachings. And we hear in various other places through the scriptures. If we do not forgive others, we will not be forgiven, period. If we hold grudges in our heart, if we have hardness of heart towards a brother or sister, if we hold a grudge, if we refuse to offer forgiveness, to receive forgiveness, if we refuse to reconcile, in short, it will be held against us. And this is why Jesus is so intent on encouraging reconciliation, mercy. We must forgive if we desire to be forgiven. Then what follows after that is a striking account about debts. Specifically, the payment of debts and the disparity between the amounts that are given. The reality is that our, our translation of the scriptures, oftentimes they, they, have to, they have to do their best to try to explain a certain reality that's being conveyed. Just like here in the Mass, you know, but 
Nine years ago, we had the translation of the Mass changed, and we had some phrasing that tweaked a little bit. So we had the Creed went from one in being with the Father to consubstantial with the Father. Kind of a, a more precise word. It's a more theological word. They mean essentially the same thing, one in being, having the same being, having the same substance, consubstantial with the substance. It means the same, but the phrasing was kind of different. They try to be a little bit more precise. And so when you're translating things, oftentimes you have to make a decision. Do I say it this way or that way? In the scriptures today that we just heard, there are some things that had to be translated a certain way. And for us to, to hopefully understand it, maybe a little bit better because the terminology doesn't translate so easily. They translate it in a way that makes it sound general. When in fact it seems in the original text rather specific. It says that the first man, he comes before his master, and he owes him a huge amount. Now, a huge amount depends on our own personal interpretation. We can't put numbers to a huge amount. I mean, you ask, a, yeah, you ask young people, and old people are like the people in their 30s. You know, you ask a, you ask a, a child how much a lot of money is, and like, 50 bucks. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a lot of money, right? So our difference understanding, when we think huge, it can be different things. So it's helpful to put it in actual numbers, which thankfully the scripture has already done. It's just put it in a way that we didn't understand, so the translators tweaked it to help us in some way. What it says is that the man owed a huge amount, which was 10,000 talents. That was the price that was owed, 10,000 talents. A talent, one single talent, is 15 years of wages. So when he says he owed a huge amount, he owed 150,000 years of wages. I don't know what he bought, (laughs) but it was pricey. 150,000 years of wages. That's, that, that is, and friends, that is a, a huge amount, right? The description is appropriate. It is a huge amount. But it's helpful for us to understand exactly how huge that is. 150,000 years of wages. And just like that, because the man asks, the master forgives it all. He forgives it all. He would never have been able to pay. He lied straight to the master himself. You just give me a little time, I'll pay it back. 150,000 years wages. I'll get that. Yeah, just give me a few weeks. You know? Got that at the bank. I just got to get it cha- you know, get it cashed out. Foolishness. There's no way he could have ever paid back what he owed. And yet the master was still willing to forgive it, not just to give him a, not to give him an extension, not to cut it, not to cut it back and to say, how about you just give me, you know, a thousand talents worth, <laughs> you know, he forgave the entire thing. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Go home, care for your family. Imagine the weight that should have been taken off the man's shoulders to know that all of that debt is gone. Free. A complete new start. But then as he's walking home, he sees another servant who owes him, quote, a much smaller amount. 
Do you know how much that much smaller amount was? A hundred denarii. One denarius is a day's wage. He was forgiven 150,000 years of wages, but he chokes the man who owes him 100 days and puts him in prison. No mercy shown whatsoever. Despite the man's begging and pleading, in his exact words, the wording is exactly the same. Both of them said the exact same thing. And he showed no mercy, no mercy. And when the master hears of this, he pulls it back and he said, I showed your mercy and you should have done the same. But now because you haven't, the weight is back upon you. I won't sell your family and your children, your property, but you are mine and you will pay it back to the last penny. A death sentence, an eternal death sentence, it seems. 150,000 years of wages, prison time. The reality is that the master's generosity with that first servant is God's generosity with you and me. And I owe far more, I think, than 150,000 years wages to Jesus Christ. Far more. If Jesus Christ gave me all of eternity to try to work off what he has done and given for me, I would still fall short and find myself in debt way above my head. The debt of my sin. The weight of my sin. The reality is that our brothers and sisters around us, when they sin against us, It's some day's wages. It's nothing in comparison to what Jesus Christ has already forgiven us. And that's why Jesus is so emphatic about us showing mercy. We've received mercy that was beyond anything we could ever imagine. And he did it freely. He doesn't even make us do anything necessarily to gain it. We can't. But... We must be willing to be merciful as well. And that's the entire hinge. Again, if we're willing to be merciful, our entire debt can be forgiven. No matter the cost, no matter the weight. But if we hold even the smallest of things against our brothers and sisters, unless we forgive someone from our heart, unless we try to be generous to them, to love them as Christ has done to us, We cannot receive his mercy. Not because he doesn't want to give it. Just because we're not willing to receive it. Because our hands are already clung to the vengeance, as Sirach said, against our brother. We can't receive mercy because we're clinging to vengeance. We don't have enough space in our hands to hold them both. The love of Jesus Christ for us. Is something that even with all of eternity that will await us, we pray, at the end of time, we will still not understand it all. St. Bridget of Sweden, a saint of the church, she received revelations from Christ, visions of Christ. She was able to, to witness the unfolding of his passion as if she was there in the crowd 
And one day in prayer, our blessed Lord revealed to her a certain number in his passion. He asked her to offer these, uh, a certain set of prayers. And they call them the magnificent prayers of St. Bridget. To offer these 15 prayers each day for the next year. That's what he asked of her. And he told her that each of those prayers represented one of the wounds on his precious body during his passion. 15 prayers, 365 days a year. It comes out to, if I remember right, 500, no, 5,475 wounds in the body of Jesus received during his passion from the scourging, from the beatings, from the slapness in the face, all of these physical things that he endured all for love of us. Jesus further revealed to St. Faustina in the middle part of the 20th century that the physical sufferings, the 5,475 wounds, were nothing compared to the spiritual ones. The weight of sin, the weight of sadness, of brokenness of human hearts, the sin of anger, the sin of hatred, the sins of vengeance, these weighed even more heavily. And all of these... Jesus bore for us. That was part of the 150,000 years of wages that Jesus Christ paid for us. Elsewhere in the scriptures, they write and they say, You have been purchased and at a price, not with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. We've been purchased for God. Ransomed, freed from our slavery to this world, to sin, to eternal death, from eternal imprisonment, where we would seek to pay back what we owe, never being able to do it. We've been purchased for God, for heaven, for eternity, for the angels and saints, for joy, for peace. We're a place where there's no sadness, suffering, or sickness. We've already been bought for it by Christ. Clearly, he wants us there. Otherwise, he wouldn't have made the effort. Are we willing to want it too? The only cost that Jesus asks of us today, it seems, is to show mercy. An invitation for us to look into our hearts and to look around. Is there anywhere, even the smallest of things, where we have hardness of heart? Is there any unforgiveness, any anger, vengeance, any place where we desire not to show mercy? Sometimes the person that we hold things against the worst is our very selves. To be merciful even to ourselves, knowing that Christ has already paid more than we could have ever asked. So we trust in our Lord today who comes to us And strengthens us with the Eucharist. Because we can't do these things ourselves. We know that sometimes wounds are are small things. And they can easily be forgiven. But sometimes they are very, very deep. And they take years, decades even, to fully forgive. But with Christ, all things are possible. Mercy has been given. Mercy now must be poured forth from ourselves as well. So we ask our Lord to strengthen us. That we might be able to show mercy. That we might be grateful today for the reality of the debt of our sin, having been entirely forgiven at the cost of the blood of Christ. 
We pray that we might be able to go and show forth that joy, that peace, the love that the mercy of Christ has won for us.